0: Nocturnal leg cramps are painful involuntary muscle contractions that occur in the legs or feet during prolonged periods of rest. It has been anecdotally reported that in pregnant women, rest cramps are worse during the summer. I'm Dr. Diane Kelsall, Deputy Editor for CMAJ, and today we are speaking with Dr. Scott Garrison, Associate Professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Alberta and lead author of a study looking at the seasonal variability of leg cramps. So Dr. Garrison, can you tell us what your research is about and why you decided to study this topic?
1: I was uh, initially doing a, a PhD in experimental medicine with the topic being doctrinal leg cramps. And so I was looking at a variety of different ways to um, understand leg cramps and, more, more importantly, to try to help patients who were suffering it. And while I was doing that, I had come across a mention within an RCT of magnesium for pregnant women who were suffering uh, rest cramps, doctor leg cramps, suggesting that their cramp burden was greater in the summer. And that would be interesting from the point of view of trying to understand from you know, basic science, you know, what would be going on with cramps, because we don't really know what causes them. So the the first data source that we had immediately to hand that made me think of doing this was the quinine data. We We had been answering a question about whether certain medications worsened people's cramping, and we were doing that using the BC Ministry of Health database of all the prescribing that has been done in the province. So for the whole 4 million people in BC, they record very accurately all of the prescriptions and so we had access to that and we had been using quinine prescriptions as a way of picking out people who were suffering from cramping and in particular we were looking at new prescriptions for quinine so the first time that you ever prescribed it which we thought would be a fairly clean signal of increasing cramp burden as opposed to all prescriptions which would include renewals and and that might have been motivated just as much by your prescription running out as it was, your cramp burden getting worse. We couldn't really use the coding that physicians put in for diagnosis for that particular diagnosis. They, I don't think it was cleanly recorded, so we were using quinine prescriptions to pick them up. Even though there's a lot of risks to do with quinine, it's still fairly commonly prescribed in BC. So because we had that data, we were able to do a time series and look and see when people were starting their quinine and it just jumped out that there was this beautiful strong sinusoid and we then looked to see is there any other data source we could use that would corroborate this and uh, there was anybody can go to google trends and within a couple minutes you can duplicate the same sort of graph that, that we're showing in this paper which is you could look and see what people are searching for. And we put in leg cramps and localized it to the United States, which was the, the largest single geographic area that we could look at. And again, this exactly, you know, very, very similar, smooth sinusoid jumped out.
0: So when you compared these, these sinusoidal grafts, what did you what did you find overall then?
1: So there's a very strong seasonality for both of those sources, whether it's people looking for information on the internet about uh, leg cramps or whether it's prescriptions for quinine. They're, they roughly double in the peak of summer as compared to uh, the middle of winter when they're at their lowest. So you get you have about two-thirds. The peak-to-peak variability is about two-thirds of the, the mean prescribing or the mean search volume. And you can explain... Uh, 88% of the the variability in prescribing based just on the seasonality and, and 70% of the variability in prescribing for internet searches was explained by a, a seasonal model.
0: Can we venture into speculation for just a minute? I mean, the no. opposite trends between the U.S. and Australia is quite striking.
1: So the Australia data is nice because it sort of shows that it's really a seasonal thing instead of a calendar thing, right? Because the, the the seasons were uh, in alignment, right? So in in Australia still the things are worse in the middle of their summer. And you know, whenever I, I've spoke to people, they're pretty quick to jump out and say, Oh well, it's differences in diet or exercise or hydration and and I do think that all those things are are certainly possible and no one can know what it is. But I think there there are two more interesting hypotheses um, to consider and one of them has to do with vitamin D which clearly would have, there would be seasonal exposure right from the sunlight and vitamin D has been well demonstrated to be a regulator of peripheral nerve growth and regeneration. So it's conceivable that uh, there might be some seasonality to growth and repair in motor neurons, which is where this condition arises. It's actually the motor neuron which is responsible for the, the cramping. And the conditions that are associated with cramping are also conditions that are associated with motor neuron loss. So aging, you know once you get to the age where you start to lose your motor neurons, that's the same time that your cramping starts to to get worse. Conditions like ALS, again motor neuron loss, are associated with cramping. So it's conceivable that that Uh, something to do with growth and repair of of the axons is is related to this condition. And and if it was seasonal, then you might have some seasonality in the cramping. I mean, that's a very far out there um, possibility, but it's certainly an interesting one to explore. The other thing is just there could be some seasonality to our physiology that that we don't really appreciate a lot of mammals have seasonality you know whether it's fur thickness or, or estrus or, or body weight I mean that they they have some seasonality and maybe the same thing is true for humans whether it's to deal with thermogenesis or to deal with uh, like I say growth and repair we just don't appreciate it
0: so how do you expect these findings to influence clinical practice
1: I think that there's actually a variety of ways so if you're a patient who's suffering from nocturnal leg cramps, I think if you suffer from any chronic condition, if you can gain some understanding of what is leading to it getting worse um, or better, but just some understanding of why it's fluctuating, it, it it reduces the helplessness that you might feel in dealing with that symptom. The other has to do with quinines. As you alluded to in the beginning, quinine is is not a recommended treatment. There are risks. Thrombocytopenia is the main one, but also cardiac rhythm disturbances. And several countries have warned physicians not to use it for this indication. The United States would, would probably be the strongest, but Australia and New Zealand have also warned physicians. There is a warning from Health Canada as well. But it, it's really the only thing that has some reasonable evidence of effectiveness. You, you get about a 28% reduction over placebo, according to a Cochrane review. So you, you, you do end up having a lot of people still being prescribed quinine. And our data suggests that uh, you might not need to take your quinine throughout the year. It, so instead of 365 days a year, you might choose to have a quinine holiday during the, the colder uh, six months of the year, when when you cramping might not be as bad. I think for researchers, if you're looking at a a treatment trial of a cramp therapeutic, uh, something to prevent cramps, then certainly if it's not randomized, it, it should be very suspect because the the effect that we're seeing is far greater than you'd expect to get from from most medications, and depending on what time of year you started someone on this. I mean, I, I could put a potato in your pocket at the at the end of summer, and you're going to get better over the next six months, and you'd think, thank God, I got that potato, and it really had nothing to do with it. And so it makes it hard for people to understand what actually might be helping the cramps and what isn't. And for someone who's looking at a, a clinical trial, it really has to be an RCT. And I would suggest that uh, when you, people are reporting baseline characteristics, they might even want to consider reporting... Um, some measure of, of, of the month of the year that patients were were started on, on the treatment.
0: Those are important words of caution and I wonder if that's seasonality. I think we've seen it in some other conditions and it's a, an important thing for researchers to take into account. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um, not so much about the seasonality uh, but I would point out that the earlier part of the work we had done using the BC data showed that there are a couple very common medications that seem to substantially increase risk of cramping, and uh, that's the inhaled long-acting beta agonists that patients are using for asthma or for COPD, and it's a particular kind of diuretic called a potassium-sparing diuretic, and the sequence ratio, which is essentially like a hazard ratio or a relative risk for the Uh, inhaled beta agonists was somewhere around 2.4, I believe. So more than doubling of of the likelihood of needing cramp treatment once you had started on the LABA. And the um, the potassium-sparing diuretics were not that far off of it either. So the the potential is that if patients are on those medications and they're cramping, that they could ask their doctor about uh, changing it. If it's the potassium-sparing diuretic, you can use a different blood pressure-lowering medicine. If you're on um, an inhaled uh, beta agnes you could use it just in the morning as opposed to also taking it later in the day or you could switch to another kind of a of a medication like Spreeva for instance uh, or Atrivent which we had shown uh, did not have that effect. Thank you. You're very welcome.
0: We've been listening to Dr. Scott Garrison from the University of Alberta. To find out more about his study, as well as a linked commentary and podcast by Dr. David Hogan on the dangers of using quinine to treat nocturnal leg cramps, please visit cmaj.ca.